We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, we've got a very special episode for you today because I'm not sure if you heard, but the NBA is back, baby. It's in a bubble, but it's actually working and we're going to talk all about it. This is Ball is Back, brought to you by the Lexus Golden Opportunity Sales Event. Visit Lexus.com or a Lexus dealership near you now until August 31st. We've got an all-star lineup of guests going inside the bubble with George Niang from the Utah Jazz. What it's like to be on the outside looking in with the Cleveland Cavaliers, Andre Drummond. And finally, Agent Zero, three-time All-NBA, Gilbert Arenas joins us to keep it 100 on who he thinks will take it all. This is Ball is Back. Brought to you by the Lexus Golden Opportunity Sales Event. Visit Lexus.com or a Lexus dealership near you now until August 31st. Hello and welcome. I'm Julie Stewart-Banks. This is Ball is Back presented by Lexus. We've got a number of great guests today. George Niang, Andre Drummond, and Gilbert Arenas. Let's get to it, guys. I'm so thrilled now to be welcoming in former three-time NBA All-Star, three-time All-NBA, a guy who now has a hit show on Fubo Sports Network, No Chill, with Gilbert Arenas, none other than Agent Zero. Gilbert, thank you so much for joining us here today. We had you on, we talked with you a couple months ago. That was the beginning of, of so many changes in the world with the global pandemic. Mm-hmm. How, have you, how have you been since April is when we talked? Um, actually, it's been, it's been normal for me, you know, I'm a hermit. So, you know, I don't really, you know, go out much. So I stay in a three to five mile radius. So everything seems normal to me. Sometimes when I'm walking, I forget to have a mask on. Like, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's still, we're still in this uh, pandemic part. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's a, it's a good thing then. So your life hasn't been too much affected by it. As you can see, I'm in Toronto right now. I'm across the border. <laughs> and this team, the Toronto Raptors, are back in action as the NBA resumed just in the last week. And it is different. It's in a bubble in mm-hmm. Orlando. But credit to the NBA for being able to actually get this off the ground. Now, it hasn't been completed yet. But what are your initial thoughts on the NBA returning? 
I'm glad it's returning. You know, you know, so many people, you know, in the sports world just need something new, something positive, you know, to look forward to because if you just turn on TV, it's all negativity. So, you know, just to see sports is back lets everyone know, like, you know, there's there's hope here. And the fact is that they're they're in a bubble, so it's, like, very different when <laughs> we're watching it on TV. And, you know, credit to the NBA, sometimes I sort of forget that it is in a bubble because they've done a good job with, with simulating fans and, like, the fan noise in that regard. But what do you think, like, what do you think of just the parameters of having to live within these guidelines for, let's say, two months? What if it was, like, if you were there? Me and my ex-teammates joke about it and say, if we was in a bubble, we would have been done. <laughs> um, you know, players have habits, you know, and when you interrupt that habit, you know, it kind of throws off their mojo, you know, itself. So, you know, if a player usually does the same thing before game day, like go to dinner, go to a club, go out with his friends, that kind of alters that a little bit. So, you know, I know it seems like little things, but those little things creates confidence for players. So now it's just trying to learn a different way of living, you know, or playing in a sense where, you know, you don't have the the Mortons or this type of dinner that you get to eat before your, you know, pregame. This, whatever's here is what you got to eat. So, you know, players got to adjust a little bit, a little bit um, more than what they would have to you know, if they just go to a different city or a different country. Gil, when, when you mentioned the bubble life and you mentioned all these other things, like what are the intangibles that we don't maybe understand? When we see teams come back, we expect them to pick up exactly how they left off, but that's not always the case. I heard a lot of excuses, you know, before the bubble started and the excuses were COVID-19 um, and then protesting. And as an athlete, I said one thing, out of shape. You know, I, I took away all the noise and said, oh, the players who don't want to come, they're not actually in shape. And that is a that was a big issue to me that, you know, usually when a season is over with, you know, you take off about two, three weeks. You know, LeBron starts working out the next day. You know, he starts working on, you know, his, his, um, his core. So, you know, we have a few months to to slowly get in shape before training camp. You know, here it was like, all right, get in shape for a month. Now, turning it off for three to four months, not knowing, thinking your season was over with, you're going to get the eating, get back to your bad habits of, you know, summer vacation. You're not going to really, you know, there was nowhere to touch a ball. You couldn't go to gyms. So when you said, all right, get ready, you have two, three weeks before you enter this bubble, it seemed like more people were scared about being seen out of shape than actually the coronavirus or the bubble itself. So, you know, what I've seen from the beginning is what I expected, that it was going to be sloppy basketball, no defense, very high scores. Yeah, and you did mention something interesting there with uh, the protests that we have seen, of course, since the wake of the murder of George Floyd and and the NBA has already started with just their messaging. We've seen teams, entire teams, coaches, staff kneeling during the anthem and having uh, different social justice messages, uh, whatever the players would like on their jerseys. 
What do you think about what the NBA has done to be a part of the conversation? You know, the NBA has always been, you know, player friendly. You know, Pistol Pete had pistol on the back. Or, yeah, yeah, he had pistol on the back of his jersey. You know, he was one of the first, you know, players with a nickname um, on his jersey. So, you know, to see that they're allowing the players to express themselves, you know, on the back of their jersey, you know, makes sense. You know, they've they've done it. I remember they let me put agent on the back um, on my all-star jersey, but I didn't play in the game. So, you know, they've, they've done a good job of really listening to the players. Yeah, well, the NBA seemingly is always uh, on the right side of history when it comes to being an agent of change in the right direction mm -hmm. for different social causes, as we've seen. And uh, and also in terms of also dealing with the coronavirus in such a swift manner when Rudy Gobert tested positive and how they shut down everything. And that was sort of a, a method that then every other league followed. Now, we're getting to the action. We've talked about all the stuff leading up to it. We get to the court. You mentioned mm -hmm. LeBron before. He's going for his fourth ring. And we saw, you know, it's like this battle of L.A. It's Clippers. It's Lakers. Who do you think has the edge in this matchup in, as we now restart things? I, I'm, I've always said Lakers from the beginning. Um, and the reason I say the Lakers is because they actually know their roles. Uh, everyone has bought into their roles. I don't, I don't know if Clippers have actually bought into their, their roles. Um, you know, you have Paul George and Kawhi. And then you have Lou Williams and Trez coming off the bench. Do we know who gets the ball the last shot? Is it Lou Williams or is it, um, you know, Kawhi? You know, and, and, and that's going to happen. If you're the Clippers team, you know, you're giving it to Lou <laughs> because he's shown year after year, you know, decades of hitting those big shots. Kawhi is coming off of, you know, championship finals MVP, hitting big shots in that tournament. So, you know, the public says him, you know, so, you know, you still have to battle that internal battle with each other and try to hurry up and get it done for the playoffs. Because so far, you know, the media is with the Clippers, but the Clippers didn't show any dominance this year. You know, um, seven game winning streak was their, their, their biggest win streak. Um, They've lost to New Orleans twice. I mean, they've lost to every single team besides, I think, New York Knicks. I think that's the only bottom team that they didn't lose to. So, you know, I know they play great against the Lakers, but can they make it to, you know, that, that matchup? You know, um, you know, right now sitting at two, they can't get the one. Looks like um, a Houston, Denver, Utah two teams they'll be playing, which I don't want to play if I'm the Clippers. Mm. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to play, I don't want to play James Harden, which they will beat, but he will wear, he will wear them down. You know, he will, he will get Paul George and um, Kawhi Leonard tired going into a Laker match, which you wouldn't want to have. Yeah. You know, so I, I put my money on, on Lakers. Yeah, well, they, they are looking good. And as you mentioned, the Clippers not necessarily having their roles defined, not necessarily having everyone available on the court. Some people are having to quarantine based on choices that they <laughs> made in their social life. 
got a whole lot more to come with Gilbert Arenas, and we'll also be joined by Andre Drummond and George Niang. This is Ball is Back, presented by Lexus. Hi, I'm Roman Rojas, and on the first episode of the Roman Rojas podcast, I talked to my friend Danilo Alvarez about how a night of fun and partying in Cali, Colombia, ended up with him being kidnapped, along with his girlfriend Geraldine, and how they were able to get out of this horrible situation. We were staying at my dad's house. At the time, he lived outside the city, about 30 minutes out of the city, and, um, and he begged us not to go down to the city to celebrate my cousin's birthday but you know we had been staying with him for a few days we hadn't moved we hadn't seen anything outside his house just to just to make sure nothing bad happened but that night we said you know let's just take one chance and and go down to the city join me every week in my conversations with people that have incredible stories to tell subscribe to the roman rojas podcast on iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, spotify or your favorite platform brought to you by the Lexus Golden Opportunity Sales Event. Visit Lexus.com or a Lexus dealership near you now until August 31st. Welcome into Ball is Back. We're going to talk with Andre Drummond and George Niang in just a second. But first, we have to get Gilbert Arenas' playoff predictions. There's one spot still up for grabs that a couple of teams in the West are going for. That eighth seed that the Grizzlies are currently in when we are doing this interview Mm -hmm. and the Spurs and Trailblazers really putting up a good fight. Gil, who do you see walking away with that final seed? I want want the Grizzlies or Portland because, you know, I have, you know, I I like like Grizzlies because I played there and then I got, you know, friends on Portland. So, but if I'm Grizzlies, I'm just going to keep it real. If I'm Grizzlies, why am I fighting for a position that I already have? Like, I already have the eighth seed, so why are we making new rules for my seed? Like, this is, you know, so if I was, if I was, you know, uh, if I was Grizzlies, I'll be offended a little bit that, mm. you know, all someone has to do is get in within, what, two? We have two games, and then we have a, 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 like a, a playoff. Playoff, yeah. Why? I'm two games better than them. I'm in. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, but I guess, you know, it's it's entertaining. It gives the guys one through seven, it gives them more rest, I guess. You know, why these two, you know, fight it out. It is the grizzly spot to lose at this point. And speaking of mm-hmm. things to hold on to and not lose, we're in the city of champions right now, the Toronto Raptors, of course. They put up a great fight against the Lakers on Saturday night, beating them as well as beating the Miami Heat in a tight contest uh, on Wednesday. And so, you know, Toronto, whatever, they they are who they are. They don't have Kawhi. They're in a, a country completely different from the rest of the league. But to you, what do you think it makes the Raptors' identity unique in when they do face opponents? They don't really seem scared. Being the champs, you already have that swag that you are the champs and no one is just, no one has rights to that championship until you actually go through us. You know, and that's you know, that's how it's always been through history that no matter what our, our record says, we are still the champs. I remember when um, uh, Cleveland went to the finals and <laughs> LeBron left and Tristan Thompson is talking about, we're still the team to beat in the East. Like, uh, no, I, no, you're not. But in theory, I get what you're saying. 
So, you know, with Toronto being who they were, you know, the last champions that, you know, they're still going to come into, you know, the playoffs with a little swagger that they, they're carrying from last season. Yeah, a little bit of a chip on their shoulder just uh, because they they can't get no respect every everywhere they go. But speaking of someone who deserves a lot of respect, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who has sort of picked up where he left off. When you talk about teams to beat in the East, they have to be the Milwaukee Bucks, even missing a couple of players who are still, well, trying to get back from having dealt with COVID. They're still the team that should should win the East this year. I've never been a fan of the style they play. It's more of a regular season style. Reminds me of the Suns during my era. They're great for regular season, but when the playoffs come, mm -hmm. that same style doesn't work. So if you have your five, four, whatever, whenever he decides to play that game, trying to come full court with it, and you don't have enough shooters to relieve him, you know, everyone's just going to build a wall around Giannis and then say, all right, let everyone else beat us. And I remember when Miami did it. So when the playoffs come, they're going to have troubles with those defensive teams that just is going to sit on them. You know, Toronto one, Miami two, and, you know, you got Boston three, where you have three teams that have, one, they have nothing to lose, and it's going to be a defensive game. And you're going to have to try to outscore teams that are just built for defense even though you're a great defensive right, team. Right, exactly. Yeah, they've been a great defensive team. And and just sort of on the flip side of maybe a team that one of those that you just mentioned could play is the New Orleans Pelicans. They haven't been that uh, that dominant since they've come into the bubble. And Zion Williamson is who we really watch on this team. And based on a you know, couple different stipulations, has minutes that are limited. You coach kids. You're around a lot of young players. If, if you were dealing with Zion Williamson, like, how would you go about uh, playing him? Because he says he's very frustrated at the moment. The Pelicans, they really had a tough decision here. Um, you have a guy who started off the, the season being hurt. Um, he came back, played very well. And then he's been off for four months. What has he been doing for four months would have been my biggest question. Um, do I risk him coming back getting hurt because he's out of shape? Because he's still he's still a rookie. So I'm pretty sure he wasn't like LeBron and Westbrook, working out, getting fit, you know, preparing just in case. You know, so if I didn't think he was tip-top shape, I wouldn't have risked him coming back anyway because he's my mm -hmm. franchise. You know, us, you know, fighting hard to make the playoffs would mean that I needed these guys in full shape a, a thousand percent. To, to, to go fight just for optics. I'm not going to, you know, jeopardize my, my players for, for optics. Right. Um, you know, in the bubble. So he, to me, when he left, what, whatever excuse that uh, he had then will still have been relevant, mm. you know, family issues, family issues until this is over with, you know, I wouldn't have risked, I wouldn't have risked them anyway. Right, and especially dealing with the pandemic where we're not necessarily sure even just how this will affect the bubble and how long this will be going on for. You don't want to lose a player mm -hmm. because of it. And and Gil, on that point of you being around so many young players, how do they interpret everything that's going on? Because it is a completely different landscape. It's a completely different world. How do they view their basketball futures in the middle of a global pandemic? You know, um... And this is where wisdom 
wisdom from older, the older generation, older basketball players, you know, coaches to, to, to keep them motivated because what they don't know is this, wherever you were, you only have two options, distance yourselves away from the pack or get caught. There's no staying the same. If you were the number one player, either you're going to keep working to stay number one or you're going to get caught by number two, three, 100. Because there's no, there's no, these kids are working. You know, you have kids still working, kids still grinding. So, you know, this is not a time where you just say, all right, you know, I'm going to hide myself in a house. And then when I come out, I'm going to regain. No, when you come out of the bubble, it's going to be a rude awakening. You're going to come back thinking you're at one place and these kids are going to be blowing past you and you're going to, you're going to quit because you're so far, you know, so far removed or you're going to have been taking that challenge and you're going to be like, you know what? I wasn't going to start and I took advantage of this bubble situation and now next season I'm going to be a starter. So I tell the kids, just work. Don't worry about if there's going to be a season, if there's not going to be a season, you keep training as if you're going to be playing. Hmm. Yeah. Here's your chance to catch and do things that you weren't going to be able to do when that season, if that season would have been normal. Well, that's a great positive motivating spin on a very precarious situation where many players don't even know if they will have school uh, coming up in the next few months, let alone basketball. So very wise words from uh, a man, luckily, who is helping to impart that wisdom with these young kids. And Gil, we really appreciate you joining us here today. And good luck on your show that is doing so well here on Fubo Sports Network. Guys, make sure you check out No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. Still ahead, Andre Drummond and George Niang join us on the program. We're going inside the bubble. This is Ball is Back, presented by Lexus. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope, it's Geico. Uh, yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, give it thou the berries. For 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. No, it's from Geico, because they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Ball is back is brought to you by the Lexus Golden Opportunity Sales Event. Visit Lexus.com or a Lexus dealership near you now until August 31st. Welcome into Ball is Back. We are cruising. Gilbert Arenas tipped things off for us. We're going to head over to Andre Drummond in just a second. But right now, let's go inside the bubble with George Niang. We're very excited to be able to welcome in current NBA player for the Utah Jazz and co-host of the Cruise Control podcast, George Niang, who is in the NBA bubble right now. George, thanks so much for joining us here today. What has this whole experience been like as it pertains to just being in this bubble? Uh, it's really different, uh, to be honest with you. There seems like there's a whole different life going on outside of the bubble, and we're kind of just in tune to strictly basketball, and uh, it, it's kind of crazy. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of things that are going on in the world with COVID and uh, you know social issues. 
uh, that we're trying to use our platform to address. But as for the bubble, uh, you're never really escaping, you know, the game of basketball. You're constantly around your teammates, guys on other teams, coaching staff. So it's all about basketball and, and there's a lot of basketball conversations here. Yeah, that's a lot. That's that's heavy to sort of always be dialed into it. Um, if you can give us just sort of like a debrief, what's a day in the life of the bubble like? So you wake up, um, you're supposed to give yourself a thermometer check and um, check your oxygen, you know, levels. Um, and they have those two devices connected to Bluetooth. So you can't just write in a number. You actually have to sit there and keep the thermometer in your mouth and put the ox oxygen test on your finger. Then you, I, I usually get up uh, around like 9.30, go get some treatment, um, which all of us uh, are, are trainers have a, a hotel suite where we kind of have like our training tables and different machines then we usually have practice around like noon uh probably for you know two or three hours try to watch a couple games to push the day through play a little ping pong maybe fish uh usually when we had time off we we would golf and then you, you kind of just wind down and either play cards uno whatever you want to do and go back to sleep um that's really how it goes unless there's a game day where you really have the whole day to focus on you know what you're going to be doing during the game sort of sounds like summer camp like you never really can leave there's all these different activities you can do though yeah yeah the millionaire summer camp we <laughs> can't wait for our parents to come pick us up now you guys have been in the bubble for a couple weeks now right at this point where you are right now what do you think it would be like if you were there for another two months? How mentally stable do you think you'd be? You know, we've been here for exactly a month now, or 31 days. Um, Who's counting? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and the first couple weeks were were tough. Like, the first two weeks were tough because this wasn't the normal for me. Uh, you know, when I was in quarantine in Utah and everything was going on, I could come and go as I please, as long as I wore a mask. I was dealing with the real world. I was driving a car. Not everything was being done for me. Um, you know, I kind of had the, the feel of like, all right, this COVID thing is going on, but I'm still, it can get in my normal routine. I can go do this, I can go do that. In the bubble, you're kind of limited to certain activities. Great activities, the NBA has done a great job of, where it's a bowling alley, movie theater, you know, visiting other hotels, golfing to keep us entertained. You know, now that the games have come along, you're playing uh, day after day after day, and you know you never know what day it is now. It feels like because it's just rolling into one. And I could see myself doing another two months here. Obviously, I really miss my family. That's that's the biggest thing for me. Um, but I think once you get into a, a routine, everything kind of becomes seamless, and and you can kind of just push to the side. At the end of the day, this is a job, and we're doing a lot of great things socially using our platform to speak out uh, on things that are that are wrong and, and talk about doing the right thing. So I think this is all important for us to, to really embrace this. And I think we're really doing that. Mm -hmm. So much more to come with George Niang, Andre Drummond and Gilbert Arenas. This is Ball is Back presented by Lexus.
Geico knows there are many reasons why you ride. From the exciting adventure of the daily commute to the peace of mind that Geico always has your back with 24-7 access to claim service and legendary customer service. But Pamela Mund had one reason in particular. My skin is extremely averse to most fabrics, except for the soft, buttery feeling of leather. Thankfully, I found my clan of leather lovers in the biking community. It's been life-changing. Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. is brought to you by the Lexus Golden Opportunity Sales Event. Visit Lexus.com or a Lexus dealership near you now until August 31st. Ball is back and we're in full court press with Gilbert Arenas, Andre Drummond, and George Niang, who's back with us now. You mentioned what it was like beforehand and dealing with the coronavirus. And of course, you know, your team and Rudy Gobert were sort of the, the catalyst for the NBA to have to make a a very important decision and for you having gone through that being right there when this all happened how do you sort of describe the gravity of that moment and how perhaps it's it's affected you guys and and you personally it's really scary to think of you know we were the first team you know to really have to go through that and quarantine for 14 days and sit in our locker room for six hours while we all got tested but when we get out on the court, it's it's something that has brought us all closer. Uh, we had to go through things that nobody else had to go through, uh, you know, with two of our guys getting it um, and worrying of how we're going to get home and because we were stuck in Oklahoma City and the drama, you know, that filled that. Uh, we've kind of embraced that and realized what we have to do to continue to stay close. And we've had more adversity than, you know, a lot of teams. So I think it's honestly brought us closer and I don't want to say it's our identity that we were uh, patient zero but it's something that we kind of you know feel has has brought us closer and, and brings a bigger purpose to us bring, being down here right and regardless of you know what happened you guys really helped sort of uh, lead the charge for so many different other leagues in the world for the better and let's get to the court though um, you know you had you had a big win you're coming off a big win you're looking ahead to a game at 11 a.m mountain time in we're recording this on Thursday don't even see I don't even know what day it is anymore either uh, yeah, what what would you guys say would be success success? for the Utah Jazz in the bubble right now? What does that look like? Winning a championship. Uh, <laughs> you know, obviously, as winning as many games as you can. Uh, we're 2-2 two and two right now. We want to win the next four uh, to finish 6-2 and two to finish out the season. And hopefully we can get that third or second spot or fourth and, and realistically win a championship. Uh, I don't think that's out of the realm for us. Uh, when you get out there, that's what you compete for. And having the no fans kind of evens out the playing field, right? You're not traveling a, across the country or traveling to another person's arena where they have a home court advantage. Yeah, there's pumping in fake fan noises, but there's no real authenticity, you know, when it really comes to the, the flow of the game, you know, at, when you're playing at someone's arena, there's natural flow and energy where like, if someone goes on a run, you kind of can take out, take that energy back and, you know, push through with your team here. It's, you're just playing. And sometimes it feels like a glorified practice out there mm -hmm. just with refs. Uh, there's a bunch of cameras around, but you really, uh, have to lock in and understand the magnitude of each moment while you're out there and sometimes that gets lost and that's why you know some top teams lose uh, you see the Clippers lost to the Phoenix Suns nobody would have thought 
that to happen. You see how the Thunder uh, beat the Lakers. Uh, a lot of things can happen, and I think that, you know, if you come in with the right mindset and you're a close-knit group and you can go through a lot, and there's a lot of uh, X factors off the court, like you said, uh, being able to handle being away from your family, and you never know what a team is going through. And if you can sweep them under their feet and, right. and beat them while they're going through something, then you have a chance to win a, a championship. Big thanks to George Yang and Gilbert Arenas for joining us here. But don't go anywhere. Andre Drummond is up next. This is Ball is Back, presented by Lexus. Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I- I'll just take one more. Just to be sure. Yep, still very good. Some things never change, like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm, is that macadamia nut I taste? Let me take one more. Sir, mm. yeah, I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. What's up? This is Gilbert Arenas, a.k.a. Agent Zero. You can catch me on Ball is Back. Let's go, baby. Ball is Back is brought to you by the Lexus Golden Opportunity Sales Event. Visit Lexus.com or a Lexus dealership near you now until August 31st. Welcome to Ball is Back. I'm Julie Stewart-Binks. We've had such great insight from Gilbert Arenas and George Niang. And now we're excited to welcome in one of the league's best bigs, Andre Drummond. I am so thrilled to be able to welcome in our next guest, two-time NBA All-Star, three-time rebounding champ from the Cleveland Cavaliers, Andre Drummond. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us here today. Andre, it has been a wild couple of months as we've been dealing with this global pandemic. What's it been like for you? Where are you? How is life? Man, it's, it's been crazy. I've been down in Florida. I'm down in Miami. I've been down here since the whole thing started. I left uh, Cleveland right when everything started to pick up. So I came down here. My family's down here. And it's just been wild just not being able to play and just watching the news and seeing how crazy this virus has really taken over the world. And it's been very boring for me. I, I can't do any more home workouts. I think I've maximized my, my body doing like body weight things. I can't do it anymore. I need to get to a gym and lift real weights. Uh, other than that, I mean, I just spent a lot of time with family, just a lot of self-reflection. This is the most time I've ever had doing nothing. So just taking a lot of time to take care of myself and my body. Yeah, a completely different couple of months than what you would normally be doing. And you mentioned just everything sort of changing. What was it like from like a current NBA player perspective when we saw everything just shut down when Rudy Gobert contracted the virus? You know, we were all at a standstill at first, you know, when everything started coming out and then we're they were testing players, finding out what's going on and the whole thing with Rudy. Once that came out on his hand, came on on his end, and everybody found out that he had the virus. I think that's when NBA said, "All right, it's time to shut this down because his virus is a lot more serious than displayed on TV." And once we shut it down, then that's when everything kind of blew up from there. I think once the NBA shut down, the whole world was like, "All right, this is a lot more serious than than we expected." And for us as players, it's it's weird because it's like we kind of stop right right when the season's getting ready to end. A lot of teams didn't get a chance to fight for that other position to get to the AFC. You know, a team like myself, you know, getting traded to Cleveland, I haven't got a chance to get acclimated to my city yet. Uh, meeting my teammates, getting, getting cool with the coaches, I haven't got a chance to do any of that yet due to the virus. So it's such a weird time, and especially now, too, it being like four or five months 
of doing nothing. I'm almost numb to it now. It's like I'm not I'm not used to it. Like it bothers me that I'm not doing anything. I want to be able to run around and do something. Yeah, I can't even imagine. And even with NBA coming back, uh, you guys aren't there. I mean, that's just got to be so strange. Is it? What's it like now watching the league come back and you guys aren't aren't playing in it? So for me, I got a chance to sit uh, sit front row with the the, vision, the uh, virtual virtual course I see. I got a chance to do that. Uh, I did a, I did an interview for them during the halftime, and just watching the games from there and like seeing myself on like live TV, like on a monitor, it was like kind of weird, like not having fans. It's not like they could hear us cheering for them. It's just a quiet arena and just the announcers and the players, coaches, and all the staff in one gym. I mean, we, we kind of call it, it's like an AAU game kind of. It's like there's nobody in there, just you, basketball, and the sound of the floor squeaking. That's really it. And for me personally, not being in the bubble definitely affected me a lot in my teammates too because we definitely want to play, especially me being traded to Cleveland and not getting a chance to play with the guys as much yet too. It's hasn't been fun for us on our end. So we're definitely we're disappointed that we weren't called upon to go down to the bubble. Yeah, what kind of conversations have you had with some of your new teammates with the Cavs where you guys do have to watch sort of this whole, you know, in a way, this party, this 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 summer camp happening and you guys aren't there? What what kind of like text conversations have you guys had? So we're, we're all in a group group message, too. So we're actually planning on doing something with just just ourselves. We're all going to come back to Cleveland and just start working out individually and trying to stay as safe as possible. Obviously, go through all the protocols, take all the tests and make sure we're all healthy and that we could be all in the same gym at the same time. Um, but other than that, it's not much you really can do because there's, there's different steps you got to take to get to that anyway. So at this point, it's more of just we're going to try to do some things off the court just to you know get acclimated and get adjusted to each other. Right, yeah. And when do you guys sort of plan on trying to do that? Relatively soon, probably the next couple of weeks or the next four or five weeks. We'll try to come together as one to do a couple of team bonding events, maybe go to dinner or set up something at one of the players' houses to, you know, bond together. Yeah, because it is such a long layoff, like not playing, but also just not being around the guys and then watching all these other teams together. You mentioned the bubble. You mentioned the, the virtual fans and whatnot. What what do you sort of what are your takeaways of the bubble? I mean, the NBA at this moment has done a very good job of creating something in the middle of a global yeah. pandemic, but it has come at the expense of like a really weird reality for a lot of these guys. <laughs> what do you make of it? And maybe what what have some of the conversations been like with guys inside the bubble? Yes, yeah, so a lot of my a lot of my ex teammates are there, like Reggie Jackson, Stanley Johnson are in the bubble right now as we speak and. You know, we FaceTime all the time, like, yo, what is it like? He was like, bro, it's it's crazy. Like, you can't do anything. Like, once you're done working out, you're literally locked in your room to the next thing. Like, you can't do anything. You can't leave. You can't walk anywhere. Like, if you do anything, it's, like, supervised. Like, you got to have your mask on all the time. So they're taking the necessary precautions to make sure everybody's safe and at least having somewhat of a good time. Like, you know, they're golfing, they're fishing. They're doing different activities to keep guys engaged. Cause I know it's hard to not be able to go outside and, do the things you'd love to do, like go to a restaurant, maybe go to a lounge and have a glass of wine or something like that. But during, I think the NBA is doing a really good job of bringing everything to them and keeping it mm-hmm. at that. But I'd rather be down there than be at home. I'd rather play than sit at home and watch them play because I love playing the game. Yeah, I can only imagine. And I know it's only been really a week of this. And as I'm in Toronto right now, I'm very close to the NHL bubble. And some of the feelings around there is it gets old fast. They don't have the same bells as whistle, whistles as the NBA does. But can you imagine players being okay with doing this for two, three months down the road? 
<laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't see, I don't see that lasting longer longer than a month. Maybe I mean not me personally. I can care less. I mean I really just want to play, but. I, I don't think for most guys being locked away for two, three months is ideal. Mm-hmm. Nor, nor is it something anybody really wants. Nobody wants to be stuck in one spot for two months. I mean, that's not fun. No. Especially if you have the resources to do things you enjoy doing as well, too. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it you kind of just. Be, it mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it it's the way to get it done. You're right. But it is, definitely takes a, a toll mentally. Now, getting yeah. to the action on the court, we're seeing all these teams coming back. What do you think is sort of like the most interesting storyline, in your opinion, as we watch these teams fight for playoff seating and then fight to win the NBA title? I think it's just so weird, like how, how they have a structure with the, with the team. Because some teams are like four or five games out of the eighth, eighth position and some teams are a game out. And if you lose one game, you know, you're pretty much out of there. So but I think the most surprising player so far has been Bobo Bo, mm-hmm. you know, from the Nuggets. He's yeah. been playing really, really well. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. had an incredible game last night, too. So those two guys I've been watching, too. Uh, the Lakers, obviously, I feel like they've been working out the whole pandemic. They look like they're in great shape. <laughs> <laughs> the Clippers are starting to figure it out. Portland looks pretty good. Um, everybody else in the boss is starting to pick up pick up steam a little bit, too. So I think guys are going to start to get in the next couple, next couple of days. They'll start to look like real NBA games. Mm-hmm. Like guys will get back in playing shape and they'll start getting back to the flow of NBA game. Do you think that the, the long layoff could potentially maybe help some teams? Like, do you think maybe there's a team in particular yeah. that might actually benefit from it? Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the older veteran teams that play like all year round, having these three, four months off, I think that's what they needed. Now they're back full recovery. Their bodies are probably at tip top shape and they're they're ready to go so it's going to show who took this pandemic seriously when uh when it really boils down to it you mentioned lebron james the lakers that is so much of the storyline this year it's it really feels as though it's their title to lose because there's just been so much put into them and they are the lakers and is lebron how do you feel about that do you think that they are sort of this is either they win or bust for them yeah i think at this point it's either they win it or they lose. I mean, I don't think there's much more you can really say about their team. I think they've stacked their team to the point where there's games he probably doesn't even have to play. They have a really good core group there. He does a really good job of leading his team as well, too. So it really boils down to what what they want to do. If they want to win it all, they have a great chance of doing it. And if they mess around and give a team some life, they can definitely be beat. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's look at some other teams that aren't always in the spotlight. Who do you think might be a a dark horse of the playoffs that could come out of nowhere and do some damage? Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. Milwaukee, for sure. I mean, there's not much to say say about their team as well, too. Giannis is carrying their team. I think the guys they've picked up, you know, Wesley Matthews, you go on the list. Chris Middleton is an incredible player as well, too. He was a teammate of mine, too. So I love watching him play and watching his growth and how far he's made it. But I think they have a really good chance of beating the Lakers as well. Yeah, they're not really a dark horse, though. They're not dark horse, yeah. but they're not talking about as much. Everything has been the Lakers this, Lakers that, Lakers this, Lakers that. But you keep forgetting that team on the East. Milwaukee's a very, very good team. Yeah. But I think a dark horse, I mean, Boston, Boston could probably do it. Boston has a chance of being really, really good. Uh, the Clippers obviously have a really good chance of making something happen as well, too. Well, other than that, I mean, those, those four teams are the 
team that I'm really expecting to do something. And I don't think there's any other dark horse teams that really have a chance right now. Man, I got to say, I'm a little disappointed. You didn't mention a team in there that is the defending champions. Toronto. Toronto is <laughs> the most consistent. So I wouldn't even call them a, a dark horse team. They're the most consistent team in the NBA. I think they play the same way night in and night out. Like they play hard. So that's probably why I didn't mention them. I wasn't thinking about On them that nice spin zone. You realize I got the little Canadian flag here. We're in Toronto. <laughs> so I think with Toronto, they're just a really, really consistent team. So I didn't really mention them based on how well they played night in and night out, despite whoever's on the court. They Good. all play the same way. Nice they play hard. They play the best ability. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, uh, I know, we know what it's like uh, coming from Toronto. They're not necessarily the first team you think about because they are you know, from another country, a bit of a different dynamic here, but they have, yes. they figured out their identity, at least right now, without Kawhi. They, now, they play very, very hard. That is good, yes, and they, they, especially against the Lakers and against the Heat this week. Still more to come with Andre Drummond, George Niang, and Gilbert Arenas. This is Ball is Back, presented by Lexus. brought to you by the Lexus Golden Opportunity Sales Event. Visit Lexus.com or a Lexus dealership near you now until August 31st. This is Ball is Back, and we're into the home stretch now with Gilbert Arenas, George Niang, and Andre Drummond, who has a powerful message to share now. We have seen also with the NBA restart, of course, um, the NBA doing a very powerful job with players, coaches, officials, all kneeling in protest of racial injustice that we have really seen become very powerful around the world. What do you think about what the NBA has done with sort of continuing this conversation? Uh, I think voices are being heard. I feel uh, guys who spoke about how they felt about the whole situation of the racial equality. And the NBA's done a good job of being supportive of it because the whole kneeling thing was looked, was frowned upon earlier on when everything was coming out. And I think for them to adjust and respect how players feel, because some guys weren't going to play if they weren't respecting how they felt about the whole situation going on with that. So I think for them to adjust, it was really, really cool to see, especially with the jerseys and even the referees and some of the coaches were kneeling as well, too. I thought it was really cool. Mm -hmm. The NBA always seems to be sort of the, the pulse and the heartbeat of the social conscience of the sports world and in the world in general, as we saw with them dealing with COVID so rapidly. Yes. Yeah, so then, um, you know, you're watching this from home. You are not in the bubble, but you want to be in the bubble. What are your yes. thoughts on sort of your future? I mean, you said you have a lot of time for self-reflection. What does that look like for you? Well, right now, I am a free agent. So right now, it's just talking to my family about what I want to do next and just working on my body, working on my game, getting ready to come back to play, to play at the best of my ability wherever I'm at. Uh, right now, I'm in Cleveland, so that's my main focus right now. Worrying out, worrying about what I could do in Cleveland, and I mean that's really it. It's got a lot of time to just relax, take care of my body, all the knots and bruises I had, to working those out, uh, working on weak parts of my body, and just trying to get better. Yeah, and you mentioned so you're a free agent. Have you do you have a player option with Cleveland? Like, how does that all work? Yeah, I have a player option with Cleveland, so I have a chance to sign back. Okay. So you're trying to figure out right now if it's there or somewhere else? At the moment, I mean, I'm, I'm content to be in Cleveland with my family again. 
I, I involve them with everything. My mom and my little sister is who I really can confide in when I make these decisions. So mainly right now we're comfortable where we are, but obviously the conversation needs to be had when it's time to worry about free agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what it's like during this time. You have a lot of time to think about everything. Almost too much yeah. time at this. You're like, I, I just need something to happen so that I'm not like thinking about this thing right now. Um, but I, yeah, so how, how does that work even just for the, the rest of your life? Whether it is like whether you're playing next year, wherever you're playing next year, but, but for even five, ten years down the road, what if maybe that self-reflection sort of process? Right now, my thought process for the next couple of years is finishing school. Uh, I have kids, so just spending as much time as I can with my kids, you know, watching them grow and just enjoying those moments, those bittersweet moments I didn't get a chance to see while I was playing. So just opening all that in is probably my biggest thing now for the next couple of years is just building my relationship with my kids and just bettering myself as a human being. That's good. That's a silver lining of not playing, right, is, is getting these moments because so many athletes miss these moments for their kids' lives, Absolutely. right? Now, I got to ask you, because we got you here, you know these players, you know these teams, they are dealing with the bubble, with all this kind of stuff. Who do you think ends up hoisting the NBA trophy this year? I don't know. I think it's such a weird time that the, the fan favorite was the Lakers early in the year when the season was going on. But I think due to the pandemic, I think it's anybody's, anybody's chance now. I think everybody's fresh. Because usually that second half of the season, it shows who's really in shape and who really mm-hmm. took care of themselves during an off-star break to get themselves ready for the rest of the season. But having four months off, I mean, it's anybody's game. Now everybody's fresh and ready to play. So I don't really have a pinpoint team, but those four teams I mentioned earlier are, are the teams that really have a good chance. I'll take Boston and add Toronto to that. Yeah, thank you. I was going to say, I was going to keep the receipts right. I knew, I knew Toronto yeah, was in those four. I have a great memory. I have a great memory. Uh, awesome. Thank you so much. Well, Andre, we know you also have um, some fun outside of the court with Days with Dre that you, yes. you know, do some kind of fun little things. I have a show called Drinks with Binks. I realize it's kind of like you know we're sitting here you're having fun outside i'm i'm drinking inside um i'm sure someday we could just mold the two i would love to have have one of those days with you yes okay great um that would be so much fun what kind of um other things are you thinking of doing with the youtube show uh right now i'm just showcasing a little bit of everything so i make music as well too so i'm actually putting an album on my birthday on august 10th so you guys can look out for that awesome um other than that, it's more just day-to-day things that people don't get a chance to see me do, like on my social media platform. Like I do a bunch of random things all the time. Like I'll just have days where I'll just randomly wake up and say I'm going paintballing. I'll make all my friends wake up and we'll just go straight to the paintball field. Or I'll wake up and say we're having a scavenger hunt in my house. I have a big backyard, so I'll just start laying stuff out in the backyard and make guys go find it. I love it. Um, I have days where I'm, you know, with my kids and I'll just have a, have a kid day. Like I call it Daddy Day. I just put one out. Yes, yesterday, I had a uh, daddy day yesterday, so I put an episode of that out yesterday. But it's always random fun things that I do. Hey, got to keep it fresh and fun. I love that too. I'm Absolutely. I'm in quarantine, but I'm I'm still having weird days as well. So uh, <laughs> yeah, you got to give people what they want on the old social media machine. Um, but thank you, Andre, so much for joining us here today. It has been a pleasure to chat with you, and I, I hope you get back to the court soon enough, and good luck with wherever you end up playing in the future, and I can't wait to have you on my show in due time. You know where to find me. 
Big thanks to Andre Drummond, Gilbert Arenas, and George Niang. Ball is Back, presented by Lexus, continues right after this. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, somebody's going to get punched in the nose by Alec Baldwin. The left and the right pile on his wife, Hilaria, for alleged cultural appropriation. And what our reaction to the death of Gilligan's Island's Marianne says about us. Listen to Too Many Lawyers on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. is brought to you by the Lexus Golden Opportunity Sales Event. Visit Lexus.com or a Lexus dealership near you now until August 31st. Thank you so much for joining us here today. We've had incredible insight from Andre Drummond, Gilbert Arenas, and George Niang on the return of the NBA season and the unique aspect of it happening within a bubble. There's so much stress and expectations on LeBron and the Lakers to live up to the hype. But in order to be the champs, you've got to beat the champs. And the Raptors are still kings of the North until proven otherwise. There's so much to look forward to as the season gets going. But let's remember, this is happening in a bubble because we're still dealing with a global pandemic. So make sure to wear your mask, wash your hands, and stay home to stay safe. Now, on behalf of everyone here at Fubo Sports Network, I'm Julie Stewart-Binks. Thank you so much for watching Ball is Back, presented by Lexus. Enjoy the games. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.